they tell us the diameter of the earth is 7,900 miles. Well, I should be able to fit eight and a half of these segments in between these two lines, right? Eight and a half goes right off, right off the page. Okay. Right. So this right here, this image alone proves this is fake. Okay. Right. Unless there's only two continents, you know, China's on the other side. Okay. But so this proves NASA's lying game over. Welcome to Prophecy Views. My name is Brian Barton. We have today with us Dave Weiss and Matt Long. Dave is kind of considered the foremost authority currently on Flat Earth. I'm sure that, that the foremost name has changed over the last 20 years, but uh, from the technology that you have put out there and uh, the advancement that you have made on Flat Earth, and we're going to get into the flat earth map, which is showing uh, behind Dave right now. Um, we want to get into that app in great detail because it's a phenomenal resource. Matt, uh, I heard recently on one of the videos that I watched to kind of familiarize myself with Matt, um, self-described as Dave's friend, often uh, often described as Dave's friend. But uh, Matt, Matt is a great guy. He's a great man of God. And I'm looking forward to both of the inputs on their end. Dave, I'm going to let you take off with this. Just one correction. I am not the foremost authority. I am the guy with the biggest mouth and the best graphics. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. So um, I'm out there talking to all different types of people and uh, I do the best that I can. So yeah, I'm everywhere. Uh, you can say that I am uh, the most prolific maybe, um, but I'm definitely not the authority, but I do know what I'm talking about. And I am converting a lot of people over to the true reality of our world, our true earth. And um, that brings them, and including me, um, to the undeniable reality that this place is created and we are at the center of creation. Yep, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, yeah, and I would just follow on the, the back of that. Yes, I am Dave Weiss's friend. And that is how I'm introduced a lot of times when he's come on a show before me. But while Dave is a master of the logic that is the, the flat earth model and that is not the heliocentric model, I bring a biblical worldview to it. And not that Dave doesn't, but that's definitely where I spent the most time for myself, focusing on what the Bible says and looking for new revelations uh, as I read the Bible and as it relates to the creation of our realm and what this realm actually is. And I think that's probably a good place to start, if you guys don't mind. Um, I'm just going to go through a couple of the, you know, you said something, Matt, um, and I believe you were on a on a Zoom call with uh, uh, Jesus, Guns and Babies recently. You told me her name and I don't remember. Yeah, Candace Taylor. Candace. And um, you said something that I have said many times and you said it a little bit better, but the gist of it was, you know, if, if you if if you read the first few verses of the first chapter of Genesis and it seems like a fairy tale to you, why would you read chapter two, chapter three, Exodus, you know, the entirety of the rest of the Bible? Sure. And that's a big stumbling block for a lot of Christians that don't really want to get into the subject 
And I know maybe we wanted to get into this later, but the the why does it matter argument has to do with Romans one twenty or actually Romans one nineteen through twenty, where it says that you can get to know God through the study and appreciation of the things that are made. You can get to know His eternal power and His and His Godhead by just studying the things that were made. And so, if that's the case, if you can get to know God through the creation, uh, and also according to Psalm nineteen one. Well, then, of course, there's going to be an evil agenda to dilute what that creation is. And the way you dilute something is you pour it into something bigger, like infinite space, and you teach people that they were just statistical probabilities of an ever-expanding, potentially infinite universe. And when I was in my 20s, it was that mindset, the mindset that all this was created without a creator, which is what kept me from reading the Bible. Because when you read page one of the Bible, it's diametrically opposed to that. Like, the Bible is not a science book in that it it doesn't try to explain this place while at the same time excluding an all-powerful, all-loving creator. That's what science does. Science does. So the Bible doesn't function on such illogic, and that's something I figured out maybe later in life, you know, my late 20s, that you could actually read the Bible, you could rely on the Bible, and the Bible is ultimate truth for me. So that's what I've built my life on, and it's what I've built my cosmology on. Um, did you build your house on that, Matt? I I did actually. I built it on the rock. <laughs> um, I, Brian, I don't know if you know my story. Um, I didn't really have any religion. I was uh, anti-religion. I, I'm horrifly uh, horrified to say that I used to be a full-on atheist. Evolution. Um, and when I was in high school, they had or junior high, they had a group here called Young Life, where there was a Christian-based group, and they go on little trips, and everything. And I actually joined the trip just for the social aspect of it. And I was like, you know, maybe let me look into this. Christianity thing. And um, the first thing I saw in the Bible was it said, um, I figure, I don't know the verse number, Matt will probably tell me or, or you, uh, that the stars fell to the earth, like fig leaves or something like 24. that. Uh-huh. Matthew 24. And I said, well, this is ridiculous. You know, stars would eat the earth. You know, the earth is a grain of sand and the star is a you know giant, you know, a, a giant thing bigger than a house. And how could it fall to the earth? And that verse alone kept me away from the Bible my entire life until eight years ago. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and I think that that verse keeps a lot of people away. That one verse right there um, is pushed, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the high priest of scientism, he's out there, you know, talking about stars falling to earth, how ridiculous it is. And that is a very, very, very powerful verse for somebody that is um, believed in heliocentricity. And think about it in school, they teach you about the heliocentric, model, which is a satanic model. And then later you go to, um, to, uh, the religious, you know, uh, teachings and they teach you that now it's conflicting. Well, I was taught this in school. Now I got this religion and it literally destroys, um, your ability to, to see creation. There's another verse that said, and now I don't think a lot of the people in the flat earth realm really get into what stars are. You have touched on it. You know, you answered a question I was going to bring up about your journey to where we are. And I'll tell you what, we're, we have moved heavily to rumble off YouTube because they've started censoring us on YouTube and deleting videos and stuff. Um, and so you started posting and catching everything up on rumble and you can, I don't know if you were, did this on purpose or you were aware, but you can almost follow your spiritual journey through this, reposting of all your previous stuff from like 17 18 19 until today it's a it's a 
it's an incredible transformation. Right. And, and just know that when um, when we look at something scientifically using the actual scientific method and not the heliocentric pseudoscience method, um, you know, the, they hijacked the word science. Science is a real thing, but cosmology is not science. It's pseudoscience. And when you exclude something, when you um, prove something wrong, it's not dependent on replacement. Like, hey, stars are not by giant balls of gas in the sky that collapsed upon each other and created a nuclear furnace. Ridiculous. Then what are they if they're not? You don't have to replace it. We've proven that they're not that. So what are they? That's something we need to look into. Okay. So, um, you know, disqualification is, is independent of replacement. So that's something you need to remember when, uh, when the globe, you know, believers, the globe cult followers say, well, what is it then? And the answer is, I don't know. No astronomer, nobody ever in history has seen a star more than just a point of light in the sky. And then stories are made up upon it. None of it makes any sense. And um, people just believe it because it, the indoctrination is a very, very powerful thing. You know, one of the things you mentioned uh, when you were talking about Matthew 24, if you go back in the beginning of Matthew, when it talks about the birth of Jesus, and this star from the east came down and settled over the uh, over the manger. So you're telling me this planet came down, this enormous, a million times the size of the earth came down and, and settled over over the manger. Yeah, yeah that's so then go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, I was just going to elaborate on that. In, in addition to that, you talk about in Joshua where they're chasing down the Amalekites. Joshua asked God to stop the sun, and God stops the sun and the moon over specific locations. And which is not possible in the heliocentric model. So, well, that means that the Bible is a, a fairy tale, then, right? Right. We live right. in the heliocentric war world. So it, it's amazing how when when I say in a podcast, you know, and I'm talking to people, and I say the heliocentric system is a satanic system, it truly is. It hides God. It scares people away from the Bible. And if you look at all of the numbers, the list is incredible. Everything is 666. The earth is tilted at 66.6 degrees. The Tropic of Cancer is 66 degrees north, 66.6 north. Capricorn is 66.6 south. The distance to the moon is like six times 60 times 666 or something. It's all, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. How many, how many times can this happen? You know, unless you're a coincidence theorist. Right. Yeah. Um, and we're going to touch on the angels, I think, a little bit more later uh, in our discussion. Um, let me just start off, if you don't mind. I'll just read about four verses of Scripture to get to get the ball rolling on what type of system it is we live in. Now, here's the crazy thing, because people that start off watching the initial part of this video, they're going to say, you know, we're beyond all this. We're past all this. We know it's a globe Earth because we've been in space. Uh, we have pictures. We have all this stuff. And we're going to discuss every single, you think we haven't thought of this stuff as well? Uh, I'm just like the rest of you two. Um, when Flat Earth was announced, and I haven't really gotten into that, but when Flat Earth came into my life, I knew about it the day before. And I'm like, this is crazy because it can't be a Flat Earth. We have pictures. Plus, if the if the Earth was flat, you would be able to see the sun from everywhere on the earth. And we're going to discuss that as well. But there's a lot of other objections people come up with. Let's just start with what God says the creation is. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So that's thing number one to consider. And God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And I'm going to skip down just a little. Well, here, let me just keep going. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. So there's waters above and there's waters below. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called the, he sees. And God saw it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, let herb yielding seed and fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, not, not a, uh, uh, a pear tree gets a cherry tree whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind and God saw that it was good in the evening and the morning was the third day now here's an interesting part that I wanted to get to and God said let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so and God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and he made stars also now and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and morning was the fourth day. Now, Matt, we go back, and the first thing we see is God made light. He hasn't made the sun until the fourth day. Yeah, to me, that's one of the most fascinating parts of Scripture, is the fact that the earth, the plants, the firmament, light, daylight, nightlight, morning, evening, all predate the sun. They're all older than the sun. All of those things existed before the sun existed. So how do you have an earth that is revolving around the sun when the sun doesn't exist? You can't. So that automatically, biblically disqualifies a big bang where nothing exploded and created everything and, and, and the fact that this is the only time in scientific history where stuff evolved instead of devolved, you know, evolved into organized systems as opposed to devolving into chaos. I, I saw an interesting argument. I think it was on Joe Rogan saying like science wants, doesn't want you to believe in miracles, but you still have to believe in the first miracle when nothing exploded and created everything. And I think that's a pretty astute <clears throat> observation. Good. So yeah, the, the thing that I believe about the sun is that it, like we spoke about yesterday, is it's a resultant of the things that were created on the first three days. So 
Day one, you have light. Day two, you have the firmament, which is a giant convex lens. Day three, you have plants, which produce our atmosphere or oxygen. And day four, the sun is created. So I think light comes from outside the firmament, gets focused into a single point, the focal point that we call the sun. And that gives heat on the earth, just like if you had a magnifying glass pressed up against a piece of paper. If you put it right on that focal point, it would be hot and you could actually light that paper on fire. But what we do know is that the creation account is, just like other things, the exact opposite of what science tells us. You know, I find it funny that they tell us that the sun is a gassy ball that is on fire. But yet any time you put a plant anywhere near a fire to use it as light, number one, you're not going to get a suntan. Number two, you're not going to grow anything. Um, so what they're telling us what the sun is, I don't know what the sun is, but I know what it is not. It, I do not believe it is a ball of fire. I believe it is a ball of energy of some sort. Let me chime in there. You know, they, they tell us that the sun is gases made of helium and hydrogen, which defy gravity, but somehow the sun has enough gravity to hold on to all the planets, ignore all the moons. That's a whole nother topic. But everywhere in science, in, in the lab, in nature, um, gas violently fills the available empty space or lower pressure. Always, except in the sky, in, the, in space, gas decides to collapse upon itself and create a massive burning nuclear furnace, right? They say that our sun burns like, I think it's like 60 billion or 600 billion tons of um, oxygen of, of um, you know, gas per day, per day or per hour. It's some ridiculous number, but think about it. The heliocentric story tells us the sun's been there for billions of years. It's burning all of that mass per day. Shouldn't its gravity be getting less and less and less? And shouldn't the orbits of everything, um, you know, get perturbed of course but nothing changes ever the sun does exactly what the sun does and then when we look up at the sky um you go out and take a picture of the stars tonight at a certain time make a note in your calendar set an alarm next year same day same night same time same place take a picture and every star will be in the exact same place you look up you know and do a time lapse we have this perfect rotation around polaris which is our center star over the center of our earth and uh that is impossible in the heliocentric model. They tell us that most of the stars in our 100 billion star galaxy are binary stars, which means they're orbiting around another star. So stars are doing this while flying in different directions. Our sun, ourself, is traveling at four and a half, four and a half billion miles every year, never to return to where it was before. But never in history have we looked up at the sky and seen two stars have parallax where they change positions. Never once have any two stars crossed each other's path, okay? The stars are set in the firmament. They do not change. They change over the seasons just because day and night changes, but we can get into that, but that would be impossible. Stars would be changing positions every night. You should go out tonight and go, oh, look, that star was on the other side of that before. Just It's, it's parallax and uh, doesn't happen. And they and the, the reasons for it are, are ridiculous. The reason, their explanations are ridiculous. I think one of the things that caught my attention early on in, in my discovery of flat earth was that you just hadn't thought about. In the winter time, you're looking out this way at night and you see the stars and the constellations. And then in the summertime, now you're facing this way because you're around the sun and you're looking out at the constellations this way and it's the same constellations. It doesn't make any sense. Right. 
it this is midnight right here. And so if you're here, you're looking this way towards the stars at midnight. Six months later, midnight is over here and you're looking that way at the other side of the universe and you see the same stars. Okay, game over. This is ridiculous. Dave, how old are you? You got to be close to my age. I don't identify with chronological age, so I don't know if I can really answer that question. Well, but, I'm um, 54, and I remember in school they taught us at that time that the sun was stationary, and our entire solar our entire uh, solar system revolved around the sun. Now they're telling apparently I've just learned from you guys recently the sun is we're chasing the sun now. They've had to change science to deflect li their lies, basically. Yeah. Um, let's just say I'm your senior. Okay. <laughs> I again, I don't, I, I don't really care. I'm 60, so I don't, I don't really care. But uh, it's, uh, I, I've learned that if you, if you say the your age, then certain cultural norms go with that. And if you, if you're programmed by everything, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm 60. This should be happening to me now. This should be happening to me now. Me now. I'm in better shape. I feel better than I ever have in my entire life. So I think I'm pulling a Benjamin Button and, and uh, things are just getting better and better over time. Well, okay? my, you know, my point was they have to continue to change science because pretty soon arguments become louder and louder and louder. And they have to figure out a way around those arguments to prove that the person saying flat earth is wrong. And now we know this, now we know that they're constantly yeah. changing science to, to basically feed their lies. Well, and that's one of the reasons that so many people have been drawn to the Bible through this movement. It's one of the only movements I've ever seen personally, where you have Christians and non-Christians working together to prove the biblical argument. In this case, it's a still motionless flat earth like a dome-like existence and in in the case of in the case of where we where we live where we're um you know where we experience we we have our senses we have the bible and those things are diametrically opposed to what we see in textbooks and what we see on screens and the bible that i've learned through this path is is something that hasn't changed for almost 2000 years, which is very different than the science books that you talk about. So someone comes into this movement and they see that, oh, the heliocentric model is a joke. The spinning ball flying through space is a joke. It's not real. And then they find out that the Bible has been teaching the flat, motionless, dome-like earth since the beginning. And so it draws people in. And if I had not had my biblical awakening earlier in my life, this would have drawn me back to the Bible. And in fact, it did draw me closer to God, even though I was already a uh, Christian. Matt, I don't think you can go, or Dave as well, both of you, I don't think you can go out at night knowing what we know now, um, especially if you look at stars scripturally. I don't think you can go out at night anymore and, and look up and, and feel the same way. Um, well, one of my favorite... I, I, it has drawn me closer to God, knowing... Yeah, well, one of my favorite yeah. things is I was living in northern Canada for a while. And, I'm sorry. and that's okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> down in Texas now, but there were a couple of times a year where you could actually see the northern lights up there. And in Revelation 4 3, John has a vision. He goes into heaven, he actually goes in and sees God's throne. And he says that there's an emerald rainbow around the throne of God. And I believe that the Bible speaks 
that God sits above the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. So I believe God is sitting right above the North Pole in the center of the flat earth. And there's an emerald rainbow emanating around his throne. That emerald rainbow are the green northern lights that we see in the northern hemisphere. That is incredible. That yeah. Is flat yeah. Incredible. And it doesn't it, isn't that the same thing that says when uh, the kingdom of heaven returns that it, everybody will see it at the same time? Can't do that on a ball. Can't do that on a ball. Yeah. Satan, Satan showing Jesus all the kingdoms of the world at the same time. Can't do that on a ball. Jesus coming back. All the world will see. Can't do that on a ball. Yeah. Right. They and and the thing is, what, wait, what do you want back up? Hello, Cindric. Yeah. The, the, the soul lure system, you know, and people laugh at, at when I bring up stuff like that. Words are spells. They're, they're casting up <laughs> spells. They steer our mind with the news, North, East, West, South. Right. The soul lure system, you know, they have you in this system. We have 365 days, but we only know seven of them. And, you know, by the end of the week, when you're done working, you're weekend, you're the you're for the you're you're you have the weekend. And then you know, just when you understand the power of words, which they don't want you to understand, they don't want you to understand that, you know, vibration and connection to, to the creator um, give you great power. They want you powerless. They want you scared. They want you flying to an infinite godless universe on an infinite on a uh in the, you know non-significant speck of dust and that's where i used to live okay but i no longer live there life has only gotten better and better and better um but if they let you know the truth they can't keep you uh, a slave but all the people that live on the heliocentric ball you are living you are a slave in the system because you're not seeing god's creation now you may have a relationship with god and you may you know be following the bible and doing all the right things but you're also not seeing the big picture your thoughts which connect to god you know we're all little pieces of god the way i see it um can extend much farther than around a, a little silly ball right and, and the, the divine law is the law of God. Common law is the law of the land. Statute and admiral maritime law is the law of the sea or man's law. In order to convince a man to give up his divine rights and their common rights, which are God-given, you have to convince them that they're not divinely created in a divine world. One thing that all flat earthers have in common we are much closer to the creator. We see the power that we have. We don't dis diminish our value and, um, you know, it, it's it's an amazing journey. I would never there's nothing you could pay me, do for me anything to go. You know, if there was a such thing as a blue pill and go back into the Matrix, it's ridiculous. It's uh, it's it's such a sad place to live. And you said you go out at night, you can't um, help but understand that this place is not what they say. I can't go out during the day because everywhere I look, I see stuff from our old world buildings, you know, rocks that I'm like those that looks like a tree. And, you know, and once you start understanding how fake everything is, um, a, a quote I heard the other day was once you realize everything's an illusion, you'll find the truth. But vice versa is true. Once you find the truth, you realize everything's an illusion. Yeah, that's true. But Dave, the first thing they tell us is, what about all the pictures that we have from space? <laughs> what pictures? <laughs> you know, people go, where are your pictures of a uh, flat Earth, right? And the answer is, you can't take a picture of flat Earth. Oh, how convenient, right? You can't take a picture of um, if you were in a room, ten foot high ceilings, whatever, and you extended that extended that room to 10 miles long. Could you take a picture of the room? No, that within a quarter of a mile, the ceiling and the floor would touch each other from your perspective. And you can't 
you can't take a picture of it. But, you know, from outer space, uh, you should be able to take a beautiful picture of Earth. And here are two pictures from uh, NASA a couple of years apart. What happened to the United States? It, how did it get so big? How did it how did it change? Right. And, um, you know, here's another one. It's hard to see here. United States is really small. Again, it's really big. And they want you to to believe in in complete and total nonsense. Let me just show you this. Um, where is it? Uh, this is um, Universal Pictures in 1927 had a spinning ball. We've never been to space. Nobody knew what it looked like. And then in 1972, they show you an exact replica of a spinning ball. Beautifully. Look at these greens. Like you could see green from that far away. I don't think so. Okay. Or I know. I know it's not. A, not. It's not um, a fact. Something so, that's important to add to that, Dave, is the fact that if you look into those quote unquote pictures of Earth from space, NASA admits that they are not real. It it calls yeah. them images. And an image is a representation of reality. A photo is a right. capture of reality. An image is something that's created on a computer. They say that they string together images in Photoshop and add clouds to meet people's expectations of what Earth looks like from space. And you can actually find, they said they actually take the flat map and wrap it around a ball. That's a, that is verbatim at nasa.gov. Yep. yep. Oh, actually, they just took that down. That was uh, Robert Simmon, who's, who made the blue marble that was on everyone's iPhone when it first came out. He said he made it in Photoshop from data and he made it to look like people would expect it to look, but he never got any images. He literally created it in Photoshop. This is a 2012 picture. So you got the United States here. Think about this. This is a full Earth. They always get a picture of the Earth with the sun directly behind the camera because it was off to the side. You'd see um, the day-night line, right? So we got a full Earth. So we're looking at half of the Earth. Well, there's a problem because if this is all of the Earth and we put that image right here to show you what we see, all of this land has to be on the other side of this ball, okay? That's a problem, right? That's a huge problem. And then people are like, well, you know, you know, it's a lot on the sides. Um, there's another picture of the other side. Um, if I when I come across it, I'll show it. Um, that shows the same thing, uh, but it's it's worse. It's worse. Is this it? Um, no, it's the same one. So uh, again, when we look at NASA's images, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely it's it's embarrassingly ridiculous, and people just don't want to deal with it because this is an emotional, spiritual um, thing to, and every flat earther, we also have something else in common, even though we, we have different ideas of what's beyond Antarctica, you know, biblical, non-biblical, that's fine. We all are in wonder how the heck we ever believed the heliocentric system before. How do like, don't you like think back, Matt and go, how did I ever fall for that? And it's kind of like, you get like this cringy feeling like, how was I so, so dumb? Well, I can rest in the fact that once I did start evaluating it, I, I came to the, the truth, the obvious truth. And, you know, in, in reality, we've earned the right to speculate on other models because we've disproven the spinning ball yep. model over and over. The, the two main characteristics of a spinning ball, one is curvature and one is motion. And there are multiple experiments that have disproven both of those things over and over and over. Right. This is a picture from NASA, supposedly from uh, the International Space Station or a satellite, whatever. I think it's a space station. And they show this with the atmosphere. Oh, so cool. Everyone loves it. But when you say, where is this on the map? It's right here. This little circle right here is what we're seeing here. So anyone understand the problem with that? 
This is this is fish not lens, this, if anything. Yeah, this is a fisheye lens just showing um, this tiny little section right there. So once you once you get past that, you know, and get past this, this is not flat Earth. They want people to think that's flat Earth. Um, then uh, then you'll understand that you know if NASA's if the globe is real. Why do they need to lie? Why do they need to straw man, make fake arguments that we have, arguments that we don't have, but claim we do? Flat earthers don't believe Australia exists. No flat earther thinks that. That's just a mainstream media thing. Here's another picture from NASA. Like this picture is from NASA. And then this picture is also from NASA. Which one is the truth? Where's this curvature that we're seeing here? Okay. This is again, just a fish lens. They can't I wonder, I constantly wonder, Matt, tell me what you think. Are they doing it on purpose or are they just that bad? I think they're, I don't think they have to be that good personally because they have such a monopoly over what's taught in schools. They don't have to worry about 5% of the population that wakes up because 95% still believe in the narrative. And they won't let go of their ball. One, one last picture, one last thing here. So we can't, you know, say what we can see from space and everything, but we can drive across Mexico and Baja and realize that this is 934 miles. We can verify this, right? They tell us the diameter of the earth is 7,900 miles. Well, I should be able to fit eight and a half of these segments in between these two lines, right? Eight and a half goes right off, right off the page. Okay. Right. So this right here, this image alone, proves this is fake okay unless there's only two continents you know china's on the other side okay but so this proves nasa's lying game over okay you look for them to change their images now that you know neil degrasse tyson came out and said well really the earth is more pear-shaped so if that's the case if science grabs a hold of that we're going to start seeing a shift in images aren't we well they're slowly doing that you know um, rob skiba went on uh on nasa's website and uh, took off the um, the picture from the moon, you know, the Earth rise, put it in Photoshop, cranked up the levels, and there's a box around the Earth showing that it was cut and pasted in, right? But then they changed it. There's stuff that we discover, they change it, right? We caught them faking a rocket launch when it's coming down, and they made a mistake, and then they changed it in the middle of the live stream, and it still said live stream on YouTube. So they actually change the images that they screwed up on. And if you change something in a live stream, it says edited or it says, you know, not live anymore. So now you can't even believe a live stream anymore because NASA has the ability or SpaceX has the ability to change things without letting you know that they changed them. Again, wow. all of this stuff will, will 100% prove, um, you know, that that they're they're faking it. Wow. Yeah. And by the way, um, we have people that play with Photoshop that are better than NASA. So NASA, if you're looking for new people, we can actually make better imagery for you. This is somebody that made it in Photoshop. And I'll just forward to the end here and you tell me what you think. This is uh, this is ours. And this is NASA. I think this one's better. (laughs) There you go. What I mean, the how does the moon landing fit into all of this? That it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I think the moon landing is something that once once you 
if you if someone's open enough to entertain flat earth the moon landing is something that is disproven just by look you could just look at the pictures and the videos and you don't even need to have me explain anything to you it's just it's quite obviously fake and even you know stanley kubrick even admitting to filming the moon landing like there's video evidence of that so and there there's a whistleblower that used to um his father was at the base where they filmed the moon landing and told his son the information and on his deathbed on the, on the son's deathbed, he gave out the information because these people are threatened. Their families are threatened. Like you can't do a deathbed confession unless you want your whole family destroyed. And so this guy um, on the son's deathbed, he had nobody left to protect. And he gave a, a great, uh, he explained everything who was allowed in when it was filmed. The moon landing was filmed a year before they showed it on TV um, but this is just a clip from the moon. So now let, let your, they didn't bring any lighting to the moon. So the sun, where's the sun here? Well, his shadow's here. So the sun is over there. I can't point. That way. The sun is over there. The sun is to my, behind me. Okay. So now let's watch him go and watch his shadow. Now he's going to the right. So we're going to pan to the right. We're just panning to the right, panning to the right, panning to the right. And there he is. Now his shadow is kind of going this way a little bit. Okay, it, it, it's not going the same way. And now we're just going to pan to the right a little farther, pan to the right a little farther. And now a shadow oh. is going the opposite direction. Oh, okay. How did that happen? Right. And it gets worse than that. So if we if we go back in and we look at this right here, you see these two lights on his visor and then he turns there's there. You see four lights. Okay. What are those four lights? Right. If we look when he turns, let's let him turn. Um, you're going to see one, you see one, two, one, two lights, kind of square looking lights. And he turns three, four, right? Is that something like this? Is this what he, what, what's reflecting in his visor? You know, I don't know, but it certainly isn't the sun. Yeah. Long story short, we, we believe that the sun, moon and stars are lights in the sky and not places you can go. Right. We, we don't believe in a solar system. We believe in an Earth system, an encapsulated realm that man is not allowed out of where the sun, moon, and stars are located here with us and do circles above our head. And we speculate on how that, how that is a possibility. I think scripture says that the sun and the moon and the stars are on a circuit. Yes, and that's correct. Clearly says, as I read in the beginning of this, that everything is inside of the firmament. So the sun must be very local. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't believe in a flat pancake flying through space that you can just fall off of into nothingness. We believe in an encapsulated environment. So sunrise, sunset still function the same. There's, you can still circumnavigate. There's no falling off the edge. You essentially experience it just like you experience it, just like you don't experience curvature, just like you don't experience motion you have to be told these things are happening uh, you have sane people saying that they're were are we're measurably and provably standing still where we are and yet i can have someone speaking right to me say that no they're actually flying a thousand miles an hour actually spinning a thousand miles an hour that doesn't count the four hundred fifty thousand miles an hour they're traveling to catch the sun so and and that's usually something that they're not even aware of right they understand and don't spin, forget that Matt, don't forget the 66,600 miles an hour orbiting around the sun while it's chasing the sun. 
Right. It's basically like four directions that were uh, spinning circularly, which um, again, it's, it's when you think about it logically, like you don't even have to have someone prove this to you. When you think about it logically, it just doesn't work. Yeah. But this is the dinner plate and drive down the road and take a curve. And what happens to the water in the dinner plate? Yeah. (laughs) Somebody has been listening to my shows. Um, (laughs) So this is the moon buggy, $38 million in 1970, right? We got a couple of beach chairs and we have a, we have an umbrella. Okay. And then in today's depreciated dollars for less dollars, you can get this puppy right here. Okay. Who got ripped off? NASA got ripped ripped off. (laughs) So there you go. Don't we have shots from the 120,000 feet? So 120,000 feet, we, uh, we send up uh, balloons all the time. And um, this is a shot from 120,000 feet, about 20 miles up. Now, this is high. Imagine if you were in an airplane flying this high. You'd be a little scared, right? You know, because an airplane flies like five miles up. So four times higher than an airplane. This is crazy. This is high. Now, think about this. If the Earth was a ball, 24,901 miles around like they tell us, the set distance, the set amount of curvature from one end of Kansas to the other end of Kansas is 40 miles of curvature. So you'd have to be twice this height. And that's how much curvature is in Kansas. Right now, anyone that's listening to this, that's new to this information, your brain just short-circuited. You're like, I can't understand how Kansas could, could be up that high and that much curvature because it's pretty flat. You know why Kansas is flat? Because it's flat, Right. But according to the globe, it would have to be one end of Kansas would have to be twice as high as this balloon, which, in my opinion, would put it higher than the sun. And Kansas is only the ninth flattest state. Yeah. Why don't we take a look at the flat earth model? Um, Your app is a fantastic resource for that, just to show how the sun and moon work and just Um, how uh, what we live in works. Yeah. Happy to do that. So. Right here, this inner yellow line is the Tropic of Cancer. And this outer yellow line is the Tropic of Capricorn. And then the red line, which we're just on the outside of the red line, is the equator. So today is October 26th, and we'll go to November, December. Boom. In December, it's summer in Australia because the sun is closer, right? The sun, the heat source, is closer. It's warmer. In the heliocentric model, they tell us in December, in the north, the sun is closer to us than it is in June. That's ridiculous. Okay. We're having our winter in the inner North because the sun is farther away. The outer South in December is having their summer. Six months later, the sun migrates into the Tropic of Cancer and it goes right over Miami and Mexico. And it's hot there because the sun is closer. That's it. That's it. The sun's closer. It's higher in the sky. Let's say Matt and I were sitting outside. Um, he comes to visit me here in Connecticut in February, which is a really dumb move. And it's freezing cold. And him and I, we um, we decide to sit out in a field 25 feet apart from each other because we don't want to spread any germs. And we're both trying to drink our, uh, we're going to have a beer, Matt. And uh, they're freezing. It's freezing cold outside and our beers are freezing. And then Paige, my, my wife, comes out. And she goes, oh, Matt, you look cold. Let me hold a heat lamp on a, on a, on a, excuse me, on a pole 15 feet above Matt's head. Big, big heat lamp. 
And Matt's like, oh, that feels great. And Matt takes off his coat. His beer melts. And uh, all is good. And I look over and I go, Matt, where is that heat source? That sun? And he goes, it's right up here. Well, for me, it's not up here. It's over there. It's lower in the sky. Even though it's still 15 feet above where I'm sitting, it's lower in the sky because it's farther away. Now, Paige walks over to me slowly and I watch it get higher and higher and closer and closer until it's above me. I'm warm. He's cold. That's how seasons work. Okay. The whole tilted wobbling ball doesn't make any sense. Um, North, South, East, and West. Yeah. So North is the very center of the flat earth. North is you think of the North Pole, the magnetic center of the Earth. That's actually the only pole that we have. So South is, if you think of the Earth like a pizza, South would be the crust all the way around the pizza. Antarctica is not a continent at the bottom of the globe, but a continental ice shelf that holds the waters in and potentially supports the firmament above, the dome above. And then East and West are clockwise or counterclockwise circles around, um, around the North Pole. Uh, North Pole being the center of the pizza again. And a way that we can prove that is something called magnetic declination. So when you are very close to the North Pole, your compass, the red end, is always going to point north. And the further you get away from that North Pole, the more magnetic declination you have. And so what ends up happening is your compass points less and less north the further away from the North Pole you go. And in fact, if you were to go all the way to Antarctica, which we say is the outer rim, if you were to go all the way out there, there's explorers that say, like Colin, Colin O'Brady says, you might not even, you might as well not even bring a compass to Antarctica, which to me doesn't make sense because if there was a South Pole, it, the closer you got to the South Pole, your non-red end of your compass should be fixed on the South Pole, but that's not how it works. How it works is the North red end of your compass does not have the ability to find the North Pole because you are so far away, which is why compasses work far better the further north you go and far worse the further south you go. So, so the magnetic declination is how they hide the flat Earth, right? On flat Earth, there is no magnetic magnetic declination. The farther south you go, the, the more difficulty your compass has finding north, right? But they tell you in certain places in Antarctica, if it says north is this way, it's actually 170 degrees the other way. They're hiding the fact that you know, they're using um, magnetic declination to get rid of, to, to confuse you. And there's, there's so many explorers that say, you know, when they're traveling out west, you know, out, out south, I mean, um, that their bearings are off. They're off by 20 miles a day or even more because the distances they tell you are, are wrong, right? The Tropic of Cancer, which is that inner smaller circle on a globe, should be the same size as the Tropic of Capricorn but it's not, it's much greater distances and uh, they use a magnetic declination to hide it. Um, so uh, to also kind of add to that, so East and West is simply 90, to, nine, it's, they are circles, simply keeping yourself at 90 degrees to North. Right, and, and so East and West are circles, doesn't prove the earth is flat because it's the same on a globe. Right. So when you're trying to go east and west, all right, when you're trying to go east or west, your compass is pointing towards the magnetic center. So here's the magnetic center. And I'm trying to go 
west. And I have to keep turning to the right. Otherwise, I'll be heading south. South is every direction away from magnetic center. Every direction you point is really south. Either way, that's south, that's south, that's south. South is everywhere, right? Because eventually you'll be going away. So I just made a full circle and I never changed my heading. Now I'm heading 90 degrees east and I just go all the way around. Now on a globe and on a flat earth in the north, it's the same. You always have to correct to the north. Now on a globe, if you were in the south, now watch right here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head dead wreck in west. And the second I start moving, I'm heading south because I didn't correct to the north. Yep. Right. I'm heading south. Right. On a globe in the south, you should always have to correct to the south to maintain your heading. And nobody ever does that. Ships captains trying to navigate east or west out here constantly have to correct to the north, correct to the north, correct to the north. That alone proves it's not a globe. It's flat. Matt was talking about Antarctica basically being um, the bounds that holds the world's oceans in. And Dave, I've heard you refer to it as we basically, if you want to call it, we live in the Antarctic basin, um, the Antarctic being the higher ground. And that's exactly what scripture tells us in Psalm 104. And I was going to start in verse six, but I'm going to back up to five because it proves a, a point of flat earth as well. So one, Psalm 104, five. Who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever? Thou coverest it in the deep as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. It's talking about the flood. At thy rebuke, they fled. At the voice of thy thunder, they hasted away. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. It's talking about Antarctica. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. The water. Yeah, Antarctica is the shoreline of our world. When you say ice wall, <clears throat> everyone thinks Game of Thrones. There's not a wall at the end of our earth. There is Antarctica, which their base level is the highest land on earth. It is the shoreline of our world pond. A pond needs to be contained. Our oceans need to be contained. Antarctica is the shoreline that just holds our pond together. What's out here? This is all questions that we would love to have. We'd love, love to explore. You can speculate all you want. I think there's more land out there. How much more land? How is it set up? I don't know. Can't prove it. Lots of stories from the uh, 1800s and beyond um, about more land out there. Um, I think it actually fits in biblically. If you look at the um, that the map that was found in a Buddhist temple uh, showing all these extra continents, it Shows four corners of the earth. I don't know. Maybe all of that's earth, right? They, they literally trapped us in, uh, in a, um, in, uh, on the sphere. It's, it's, they're hiding the earth from us. What they did is they cut this out, okay? Imagine this. So you have this map. You cut it out, and you wrap it around a sphere, and you say, no one's allowed to go to this white area because we have to protect the penguins and the ice. Okay, so this is off limits. There's no photographs of Antarctica. There's only Explain cartoons. Antarctica as well, the treaty and all of that. Yeah, the Antarctic Treaty um, happened right after Project High Jump, High Land, High Jump. And um, Admiral Byrd went out there and said uh, um, he found more land. He goes from Middle America crossing the South Pole. Um, there, there's more land bigger than the United States filled with resources. Okay, so from Middle America... Right. Middle America. 
and we go across the South Pole. So that's out here. There's another continent the size of America. Don't you think uh, Africa and Australia would know about a continent the size of, of the United States? Uh, I think so. Right. And uh, then, you know, six months later, he dies in his sleep, dies suddenly. Weird. OK. And uh, the Antarctic Treaty is there's two things in the world that all of the governments can agree upon. We're fighting over everything. All of these wars, bankers wars. Um, but everyone agrees that everybody has to get the jibby jab and, and nobody can go to Antarctica. They're, they're, we're not allowed to physically go to Antarctica and we're not allowed to um, virtually go to Antarctica. They're, they're hiding it completely. Um, I had my, uh, where did it go? I'm going to get some coffee. I've got it right here. You like my mug? I'm going to have to get new mugs. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're not allowed to go there. So check this out. This is Google Earth. Anyone can do this. Go to your Google browser because they already fixed it on the program one. And you can measure. You can circle any continent. It'll tell you how many square miles there are. Right. But when you try to draw a circle around Antarctica, watch what happens. And it won't tell you that area. It shows you this, this weird. This. What is this? It's like inverted. And um, you can circle anywhere on the earth. But if you go to the north, same thing, same thing. If you draw a circle around the North Pole, it gets inverted. OK, so you can't go there virtually. You can't go there physically. They won't let you. Why? Because if you did, you'd find out you don't live on a ball. There was a sailor that you mentioned that tried to circle that tried to go around Antarctica. Yeah, that would be uh, Captain Cook. He, uh, it took him, you know, and uh, who was the other guy? Um, I spaced on his name, but they said they took him over three years. They, they clocked, you know, 60 to 70,000 miles, right? Well, the equator is only 25,000 miles around. How do you go 60 and 70,000 miles unless the earth is flat, right? And then people go, what about the Antarctic sail race, sailboat race, right? And that doesn't even go close to Antarctica, but they're going, you know, the GPS tells them how far they're going. So GPS is run by NASA. And it tells them how far they're they're going, and they um these these if you ever watch these these are the the highest tech sailboats they go 20, 30 miles an hour but they they just look at what GPS tells them all right you went X number of miles took this amount of time oh we were averaging three or four miles per hour is what they say what it shows and then when we pointed that out over the last couple of years last year on their website um they uh they showed that one leg of the race around Antarctica was 32,000 miles. Wait a minute. If they're at the bottom of a ball going something around something 12, 13,000 miles around, how'd they go 32,000 miles and not right. even make it all the way around yet? That right. was on their website. On their website. So one of the lead, one of the sailors from that um, has become a flat earther. I don't know his name off the top of my head. And uh, he's done some, uh, he's, he's the one that, says he there is no magnetic declination on flat earth and he does a great presentation now my app under the antarctica um, section uh there's a great video of him in there um i'm just kind of looking over some topics that, that yeah. i had um something that i wanted to bring up that you touched on earlier was noah's flood and to me, the, the spinning ball flying through space, trying to create a worldwide flood with that where water covers the entire Earth. It's not real smooth. 
But in the flat earth model, I believe it's very easily explained. So if you were to create the firmament like God did on day two, and you take the firmament, which is basically an upside down glass bowl, and you were to put that in a bathtub, you would hold air inside that glass bowl, right? The You have a pocket of air as you take that bowl down into the bathtub. We've all done that as kids. And God says that he, I still do it. Yeah. <laughs> and God says that he opens the windows of heaven and the fountains of the deep burst forth. So when you have that glass bowl, if you were to have a hole in the top and open it, what's going to happen? The water is going to rise from below. And if you theoretically have infinite water, the waters that were there at the beginning, which, by the way, there is no account of the waters being created. It just says they were there. Right. So yep. if you have infinite water and you open the windows of heaven, that water is going to rise and very easily create a worldwide flood. Now, after the flood, you're going to have to put that pressure back in. And by the way, what is a low pressure system, Dave? What does that create? A hurricane, right? Yeah. Hurricanes yep. are low pressure systems. So theoretically, you could let the pressure out, create the largest hurricane in the history of the world, which is Noah's flood, and have water go all the way above the, the peaks of the highest mountains. Now, when you're going to put pressure back in, God is essentially going to bl blow the pressure back in to push that water down. And after the flood, the Bible says that there was a wind sent across the whole earth. And I believe that was the air coming back in. I believe it also back. says he pulled down the depths, probably to hold that water. Yeah, yeah, could be. So I I think the the dome encapsulated Earth is a much better explanation for the worldwide flood of Noah than the spinning water ball flying through space. And, and then when you start looking into the mud floods um, and all sorts of stuff, there was some major flood that happened that that buried everything and if the water is coming up from the deep um that would create a, a muddy a muddy mess that would bury a lot of things and then and people that don't believe that there's waters below us uh momar Gaddafi, who was villainized who was um vil villainized is that a word he was yeah. the like, villain of the world um he actually was one of the greatest leaders of all time and he discovered an ocean of pristine water below the desert when he was looking for oil. And he started what's called the Great Man-Made River. And for 40 years, he built these giant buried pipelines in the in all across Africa that were giving everybody fresh, pristine, unbelievable um, primary water. And, and organic farms were popping up everywhere. He was, you, you want a farm? Here's a house. Here's a cattle. Here's seeds. Here's water. Here's everything you need. And he was going to feed all of Africa. And then the United Nations went in there and blew it up when he finished it after 40 years. No one's thought about this in school. And, uh, you know, I never and heard it, about it. Yeah, it's amazing. On my channel, D-I-T-R-H, if you search um, Muammar Gaddafi or the Great Man-Made River, uh, it'll come up and watch it. It's a short, short video that I made. And uh, it'll make it'll bring tears to your eyes. It's a, it's a, it's unbelievable. And uh, no one is no one has taught any of this stuff in school. Here's the, the image I was talking about. This is um the leg of the race, one leg of the race, thirty two thousand miles, and then they got to go from here to here, which is much farther than this globe is showing. Okay, thirty two thousand miles. You got to remember the circumference is just under twenty five thousand miles. Game over. Game over. Speaking of that, we touched on it earlier, and I got a little sidetracked in my head. We were talking about 8,000 miles across the earth. We know it's about 4,000 miles to the middle of the earth. They want to tell us what the sun is made out of. 
and what's letting off all this gas and fire. They want to tell us what is in the core of Mercury. But the further, what is the furthest that we have been in our own Earth? The, the deepest hole ever dug is the core borehole in Russia. America and Russia worked on it for years, and they could only get down 7.8 miles. 7.8 miles was the deepest they can go. And while they were doing that, they uh, were doing ground penetrating radar. They said, okay, there's no more rocks. They hit more rocks. Okay, there's no more water. They hit more water, right? They were wrong. They should have gotten their money back on their penetrating radar system, right? Then they hit this impenetrable barrier, and uh, they couldn't get through it, Okay. So let's give you a little analogy, right? If the earth was a apple, they barely got through a quarter of the skin and they were wrong every step of the way, probably even less than a quarter of the skin, right? But then they were wrong. They couldn't guess what was in the skin, but all of a sudden they know it's at the center. This is a meme. That's all it is. It's a pseudoscience meme. It's made up nonsense. And it's so stupid that they say there's a molten magnetic core. You can heat any magnet. You heat it up before it melts. It loses all its magnetism and it doesn't come back. You can't have a molten magnet, right? But there's a molten magnet in the, in the core of the earth. And now they tell us that it just switched directions. Like what? What? Is, it's all made that. up. Yeah, it's all made up. It's all complete and total made up nonsense. Incredible. Yeah. And if we go, the, if we go the other, so they have no idea what is in the center of our earth. They make it up. And then they tell us all, what's in the middle made of, up. right. Then they tell us what's in the middle of some other planet, quote unquote, planet's core. They have no clue. Right. They, they've never even seen another planet. They've never even seen another planet ex except the wandering stars within our solar system. But all of the images that they show us of planets are, 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 are just made up there. I mean, yes, I've seen Jupiter in the sky and I, I encourage anyone when Jupiter's out in the sky, I think it's still in the night sky. Now um, it's bright as the sun. It's just smaller. Right. So you have to believe that a dusty, dirty ball, a dusty, dirty gas ball is reflecting light from a distant sun. Like if you were on Jupiter, they tell you that the sun would be like a small star, like a big star, right? It's not because it's farther away. So that little star is reflecting off of Jupiter, coming all the way back to your eye here on Earth and looking as bright as the sun, you're not thinking. Yeah, There's to me, if the, if, ahead, the sun is able, if the sun all, from Jupiter only appears like a small star, yet is able to illuminate the entire side of Jupiter, there shouldn't be dark sides to any objects in our solar system because they would be being lit on the backside by the stars behind them. Yeah, so if we, it, it's ridiculous. If we look at it, we you touched on it earlier, but we didn't get into the. What do you think satellites are? Go ahead, Matt. I think there's a lot of options for satellites. I think one, NASA is the largest consumer of helium in the world, and they launch a lot of things by balloon. I think the Chinese spy balloon was actually a NASA satellite coming back to Earth. The first satellites created by NASA were balloons, and NASA has a balloon launching facility in Palestine, Texas, which I've been to. They launch a lot of their stuff in Antarctica, per the folks that I spoke to there. And I think that probably 99% of the quote-unquote satellites that are up there are balloons. I also think there's, there's a lot of room between what they call space, which is 100 kilometers above the surface, and the firmament, which 
who knows how high the firmament is, maybe a thousand miles at the, at the high point. Um, mm. There's a lot of room there to do stuff. And I think it's possible that there may be some way to launch things up there and, and keep them up there as well. So um, go ahead, Dave. <clears throat> no, no, I, I'm a hundred percent agree. And uh, you know, NASA has, um, has there, there, these satellites have crashed all over the world and everyone's got a high def phone, a camera in their pocket. And they're uh, they're finding these crash satellites everywhere, and uh, you know then they quickly come and get swept up. So you know when you look up and say, "Oh, there's a satellite, I see it," you believe that you can see a Volkswagen little car that you know uh, at at that farther than than a you know 250, 300, 500, a thousand miles away. Think about a seven forty seven. They're gigantic at cruising altitude five miles. It's tiny little speck. If you doubled the height of it. You could not see it. That's 10 miles. Satellites are 250 miles or 1,000 miles. I mean, you cannot see something that small that far. And uh, and people just want to believe it. But then they're like, what about satellite phones? I have a theory on satellite phones that, were, that, were, that I've been talking about. And um, I think that these satellite phones, if they can't reach a distant tower, they're just high-powered phones that they actually reach an airplane that has communication systems on it that can be serviced that have batteries that have the power sources. And then you connect to that like a cell tower. It connects to either a, 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 a tower on the ground, or if you can't find a tower, it finds another airplane, it finds another airplane, and then it connects to a tower. It's just a mesh network. That technology exists. And I think that's how these satellite phones work because the first thing uh, that Elon Musk did when we, you know, when they started the the war um, in the Ukraine, he said, "I'm shutting down the Starlink. No one's going to have satellite service." You know why? Because they had a no-fly zone over Ukraine. So now that was a great excuse. And uh, you know, when you when you actually look at it, it makes perfect sense. You know, why do we lose service when we're you know? Um, when you're in the middle of Arizona or somewhere, you know, you lose satellite service in the weirdest places. It's just where there aren't towers. Well, I've never had a satellite dish point straight up. Yep, that too. Back when I had satellite dish. I think they also do something where they're bouncing signals off of the firmament, right? So you have a big, powerful transmitter focusing at a point on the firmament. And then all you do is you get your, not the little satellite dishes we have now, because this is how, excuse me, this is how I think they did it in the past. Because in the, in the 80s, my father lived in the Caribbean on a little island, and we had a giant 15-foot wide, maybe bigger, satellite dish that would actually move. And it, there are seven different spots where we can pick up a series of channels, right? So if they're beaming something to the firmament, and it's bouncing off. All you have to do is point your gigantic dish at it and you can capture all of these signals. So there's all different technologies up there. But when you look at the satellites that they tell us, it's impossible. Impossible. So one of the things that, um, again, we we touched on that I, I definitely wanted to cover was sort of this timeline of, so Admiral Byrd goes down Project High Jump and then they do what? Is it Operation Deep Freeze where they're, exploring Antarctica. Now, I believe they probably found the firmament. They instantly shut everything down. Nobody's allowed to go there. 
these countries that we're constantly supposed to be at war with, we can all get along and agree on a treaty that nobody's allowed to go there. We instantly start. Now, there's two points to this. We instantly start shooting off from Johnson Island nukes to try to blast through the firmament. Now, number one, had they done it, Matt, what would have happened if they had successfully blasted through the firmament? We would have had another flood because scripture says the water above the firmament didn't run out. It says that God shut off the windows of heaven. So there's still water above the firmament. And Dave, if you get a minute, pull up a time loop, time lapse shot of a SpaceX rocket. And it looks like it's bouncing off of something up there. Um, so yeah. And 19- according to, according to, um, it's Psalm one. I can't remember exactly which one is, but it ta- David talks about the water still being up there. So, for the the side of Christian science that says, well, the firmament was an ice uh, layer that was broken up and came to Earth, David still talks about it being up there. The waters above after the flood, and the interesting thing about that operation is it was called Operation Fishbowl. Yes. And so they start setting off a series of about 2,000 nukes up into the sky at different heights. And I believe they were probably trying to blast through or figure out what they were dealing with. This mm-hmm. firmament that they had found, how high does it go? Uh, you know, what's it made out of? What's the deal with it? And then so NASA is instantly created. A treaty for Antarctica is instantly created. Nobody's allowed to go there. We start this space race to get everybody's eyeball off of that and we start all the all the original 12 that signed that treaty now have space programs my initial thought was you know we were behind we were behind russia on their space race and then all of a sudden we shoot off to the moon ahead of them and we're successful on the first shot as far as a manned space trip it didn't make a lot of sense and my initial thought for some time was well of course, it was a movie production. We had to beat Russia to space. But I'm thinking more like Dave now, where if you go behind the scenes and cut all the crap, if you will, if I'm allowed to use that term, I'll all, allow these it. Na- all these nations are, these wars that we have and these war- rumors of wars and these speculations of wars <clears throat> are all put on put-ons. Theater. Theater. I mean, yes, people are dying when they have war, but but um, it's it's all orchestrated. Hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, You said it. You said it perfectly. We just lost half our audience when I said that. (laughs) (laughs) They'll come back. Well, the bankers are the bankers always fund both sides of the wars, you know, and. uh, you know, the, the people that go fight these wars, they're tricked into, you know, their order followers killing other other order followers. Right. You know, go look at the people of Ukraine. They have nothing to do with what the government's doing. They, you know, do we like what the government's doing here? People hate Americans. Well, they don't hate us. They hate our government. Right. They, we need to create a better system and, and just make the other one fade away to nothing. And there's a lot of truth to what you hear about. Our, you probably just said this. I was looking at my notes, but. Our government gets us to hating each other, which takes away what, which is easier for them to hide their lies, basically, because they are the they are the real problem. Here's um, what you're yeah. you're talking. Yes. This is the, I, was, I was like, where did I put this? All right, um, 
this is a SpaceX rocket. And I'm just equating it. I'm not saying that somebody is wake surfing in the sky, but this is what a wake surfer looks like. And this is it what looks like it looks like. Deep, ripple it's on even the got this little, look at this little, little side thing going on here. Right. I don't know what's going on up here. Okay. But it's not a rocket flying into space. Yes. Crazy. Or it's hitting something. Something, you know, there. Because they, I've you know, seen footage of people that they're secular people. That's not a religious thing. They'll shoot a time lapse, like from their car in traffic, and you can see the SpaceX rocket. It's got to be live, and it's hitting something. Right. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's crazy. This is uh, just a little dome. Somebody was showing that you got these little bubbles, and it it looks, you know, the day and the night when you when you move it around. It shows day and night, and you got these little spots that are don't move. It's uh very interesting. That's I nice. highly recommend. And if you look, you got you got your your yellow light and your white light, okay? The sun and the moon, and you have night over here and day over here as it moves while, around. While you're doing that, can you cover eclipse? Sure. So eclipses, and again, falsification. Falsification, when you prove something not to be true, then you it's it's independent of replacement. So if we prove that a lunar eclipse is not caused by the Earth, you can't say, well, then what does a lunar eclipse? We're trying to figure that out. This is called the Selenian eclipse, Selenelian eclipse. Okay. When the Earth gets in between the sun and the moon, it causes a shadow, and this is how you would expect the shadow to come in as the Earth goes goes through. That's what they tell us. But there's many times where the observer right here can see the sun above his right shoulder and the moon above his left shoulder, and the eclipse starts, and it actually comes in from up here. Well, that oh, makes wow. no sense in the heliocentric model. And you know what scientists call the Selenillian eclipse? They have another name for it. Matt, do you know? I don't. It's called the impossible eclipse. And that's all they say. They don't elaborate. Hmm. They call it the impossible eclipse because it is impossible, but it happens. Therefore, I, I, they're just it's like, it happens. So it's possible, right? It's possible, right? Here, um, so I, I'll show you this because this, this one I, I really like. Um, this is me filming an eclipse right here, an actual eclipse. Okay, and this is me projecting an eclipse onto my paper towel sky, right? I look at our sky as a screen. I think the sun and the moon, the actual sun and the moon are in the firmament. When, when you have a, 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 a carton of milk in your refrigerator, it's not under your refrigerator. It's in your refrigerator. So the sun is in the firmament, okay? And this is the projected sun. And when you look, the sun blinds you from seeing beyond it, except during an eclipse where there's much less sun, then all of a sudden you can see things. So let me just go forward here a little bit. So here's an eclipse. That's about 90% eclipse. And now this you is can an see, actual eclipse. This is an actual eclipse. Now the sun, this is the sun that we see. Uh, it's eclipse. It's just blowing out the lens a little bit. So you can't really tell. And um, we see this and we see this. Now this is a lens flare because it's moving around, but this one is locked to the sun. So it's not a lens flare. We had camera experts and everything. They're like, I don't know what it is. I say this is the source sun in the firmament and it's projecting its point of energy right here. So 
let's do an experiment, right? We go and let me just jump a little forward. So here's my projected sun. Now, during an eclipse, no one has ever seen the moon approach, eclipse, or exit the face of the sun. Well, you don't see the moon right here. And here's how I did it. Here's the source. And I got this moon cap coming in and it's eclipsing the sun. Here's the source. Here's the, the, the sun, the eclipse that we see. You don't see the moon because there's no light on the moon being projected onto our sky. Then I said, wait a minute. What if the sky is more transparent than that? So I, I did the same thing on my paper on my toilet paper sky. And there it is. Here is the eclipse, the yes. actual source. Yes. And this is the sun that we see. And if you compare it to my the actual footage, it looks exactly the same. Awesome. So it looks exactly the seeing, same. So it's possible that we're what we see as the sun is a focal point, say maybe on the bottom of the firmament layer, the la bottom layer of the firmament, or a, right, not a cloud deck in the sky, but like the visual. Um, next time, next time you're outside. Next time you're outside driving down the road in a parking lot and the sun is out, look at everyone's car and you'll see the sun in their car. You'll see a reflection of an actual sun. It'll look like it's in their car on each one of them, right? So that's interesting. I think the same thing is happening and that's how we see the sun. And um, to me, it's biblical. The sun is in the firmament, but we're seeing Certainly. a projection in, the, in the, our personal atmospheric dome. And I think that the sun that we see, when I see the sun rising on the water, when it appears on the horizon, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at, I know where the land is. I'm looking around. I don't think that sun is farther than 65 miles away, honestly. And then during the day, that would mean it would set 65 miles over here. If that's how far it was, there's 130 mile span over the course of a day. Hey, that's why the sun appears to go so slow, right? That's why it appears we, we see inside of our personal atmospheric dome. Let me just show you one quick thing. I'll toss it over to Matt. Um, that's not what I wanted to show right here. So here we have a, a glass dome and here's my son in the dome. Now I'm just taking a flashlight across and I'm watching it and it goes down, 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 and then it gets over here and it stops and then it fades out. Now, now I'm going to bring the sun back. It's nighttime in my personal dome of vision. And there it is. It appears on the horizon. It comes up, it comes over right? This is noon for me. I'm at the center of my dome of vision. It goes away and it fades away. It doesn't go below. I don't know. Now, Looks cool. I heard something some time ago and it makes a lot of sense. If the sun was falling behind the ball, yeah, there would be a few seconds at least where the sun would project up on your ceiling because you're higher than the sun. Right. You don't see like, that. On the highest mountains, you know, you if the sun sets, you should be able to see the sun on your ceiling. No one's ever seen the sun on their ceiling. Okay. Um, but show us that video that you have where you took your 4K drone up and just shot a sunset. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I when I filmed when I filmed the when I filmed this, I call it the sun fade out. And there's a whole section on the app. Um, all they could say is Photoshop, Photoshop, but I live streamed it. I had 4K, gave the raw video, Photoshop. That's all I could say. I wish I was this good at Photoshop. The sun. On a ball was going down, down, down. It would always keep going down, but it didn't. It went down, 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 and it stopped right here. And it sat there for 10 minutes. This is super sped up, right? Just now like just, just going, like the example you showed. Just yeah. like the example and, you showed. Yeah. And it's going away, and the it, you can't, it's taking its light with it. It's light, the strongest light in the world, the sun, 
can't push through and it just goes away. It's still light there, but the, you just can't see the sun anymore. It's just going it away. The density of the air. Yeah, it yeah, can't yeah. go because of the density of the air. You don't see me. You see the light that's bouncing off of me. The lights over here that I have are right. brighter than than that's reflecting off of me. However, the light from planets is brighter than the sun. I don't know how that works. Okay, so that light, you know, you can't see forever. You can't see, you know, the dimmer the light, the farther it can push. So you were, there you, you go. You, you said about the impossible eclipse, and it made me think about the same explanation they use when you can see across um, the skyline to Chicago. And you said you've actually done this and kept a camera on a boat and gone across. But you can see the Chicago skyline from the other side of the lake. Now, they say it's a refraction. It's sort of like saying the impossible uh, eclipse. But tell them that they don't have an explanation for it. Yeah, this is a great opportunity for me to say I've got five minutes left and you can see the Chicago skyline on the cover of my book called The House That Jesus Built that you can find on Amazon. But yes, that is the case. You're 50 miles across Lake Michigan. You can see the Chicago skyline, which should be 100 percent hidden by the curvature of the earth. It was a famous photograph taken by Joshua Nowicki. People say it's a mirage, but there was a guy named Rob Skiba and Rick Hummer got on a boat, drove all the way across and proved that it's actually not a mirage. It's the actual buildings because they pointed a camera at it, drove the whole way and, and nothing ever changed. Correct. There's also time lapse over 24 hours showing Chicago and it never changes. So it's not a mirage. It's reality. Incredible. And you yeah. can see the entirety of the Chicago skyline. It's not like you can just see the tops of the building. No, absolutely. You can see, we can see way, way too far. And again, on a ball, there's a physical limit how far you can see. Yes, there's times where you see less that far, but no matter what the conditions, you can never see farther. And there's thousands and now thousands of examples of us seeing too far. Okay. Yeah. That's all you need, right? We can see mountains 700 miles away. Well, I mean, the tops of those mountains from the observer height should be over 40 miles. Again, 40 miles is an interesting number below a physical curve, but we can see them all. We can see no them all. No curvature, no ball. No curvature, no ball. Right. Um, another objection that I get a lot of times is flights. And there's two things that comes to mind um, when I talk about flights is um, the emergency landings. But the other one is the demonstration you give on if you're flying intercontinent, you know, if you're flying across a continent or east to west, I guess I should say, is it east to west? The stars should be yeah. going over your head, but they don't. Right. They'll they'll do their normal time spin, but they don't fly over your head as you go down the ball. Guys, I'm gonna let Dave answer this. Brian, thanks so much for having me on. We'll talk soon though. Thanks, Matt. All right, Matt. Matt, All good right. talking right. to you, man. Yeah, Thanks. talk later. See ya. See ya. Um, yes. So, so this is, I'm just showing you a flight route. These are flight routes. They go all the way up to the north and all the way down. Look at them on a flat earth map. They make perfect sense. Okay. So why do flights do this? Why don't they just cut across here? And uh, the answer is because the earth is not a ball. It's flat. Um, yeah, it's that, it's that, uh, it's that, it's that simple. So let me, let me say, I think this is what you want to see. Oh, that's not what you want to see, but this is the crazy world that we live in. Um, where is my uh, airplane video? Oh, there it is. Okay. 
So this is this is an airplane. This is what we're supposed to believe that their airplanes are doing this, but it's far worse than that. Okay. Because you have to remember the earth is spinning, right? So this is what an airplane is actually doing when it flies around the world. This is crazy, right? Airplanes are, you know, fly over the earth plane, right? This airplane is going in a straight line, but it keeps changing its direct. How is it doing that? Okay. How is it doing that? And the answer is it's not doing that because that's crazy. Right. And so this is what you're talking about. When you're flying over the world down to the halfway down, these stars should be doing this. This is an animation. This is not reality. Okay. Right. This is what they should be doing. And Google Earth tells you this is what they should be doing. Um, but that's not what happens. Right. Here is a time lapse of an airplane flying from, I think it was Germany to Brazil. So halfway over the globe, these stars in front of them should be on top when they, when they go, when they fly over, but right. they don't, these stars are, are not moving. This is what Google earth says you should see on that trip. Right. And now the Globers come in and go, well, that's because you're going, uh, you're going with the spin of the earth, right? Cause it's, and, and they're like, no, that's not the direction we're going. But even if it was, they filmed it in both directions. So on the return trip, if the car stars are canceling it out, the stars should be going twice as fast in the other direction. Never happens. Never happens. Never um, happens. And of course, their big, their big uh, answer for everything that they can't explain is gravity. Gravity. Gravity, gravity, gravity. Right. This is uh, a flight from uh, the World Cup in Qatar. They went to Rome to get more fuel. And then they went to Buenos Aires. Why didn't they just fly across here? And the answer is because... Here it is it's on a flat Earth map. Qatar, Rome, boom, right? So these these are um, there there's there's dozens and dozens and dozens of these, right? Why doesn't from Auckland to Cape Town? Why don't they just cut across here? If you look at it, that's the route that they take, right? Why do they go that other crazy direction? None of it makes any sense whatsoever. And all of right? this is on your app. This is all on the app, right? I just, um, <laughs> excuse me. I just typed in, I typed in Southern and uh, this comes up. All of these images can be found in the image section. There's tons and now you can search images. Another um, great feature, which we just added is video search. So let's say um, you go to the video search and you go, where's that? Uh, Dave Weiss was on InfoWars. So I can just type in InfoWars. And, uh, and if you want to find that old video, done, search, and up comes um, all the results. And here, here it is, me on InfoWars. So any old video you're looking for, they're all on here. It's amazing. And so the, the reason you know, the, that this app is so important is YouTube is hiding all of the good flat earth videos they're hiding even in your history in your watch history you can watch a whole bunch of videos from my channel right they'll show in your immediate history but if you search flat earth they should all the videos that you watch which should show up none of them show up and only propaganda videos will show up okay I but you could be searching for covid you can be searching for um bigfoot loch ness monster 
um, aliens, whatever. And every video that you watch that has those uh, keywords in it will show up from years. It'll go back. I don't know how far it goes back, but all of the real flat earth videos will not show up. It's the only topic where that happens. Isn't that weird? Insane. Insane. Yeah. And the other thing um, is a lot of people say, a lot of people say, oh, it's you know, flat earth here. It's so lonely. I, I have no one to talk to. Well, guess what? There's people everywhere around you. And now the app allows you to contact them, message them, have a video call with them, a text call, right? These are, these are the people in the United States. Where are you located? What state? Illinois, just outside of St. Louis. Yeah. So I can't even see where it is. It's buried in flat earthers. Okay. This is, yep. these are all the people you can tap on these dots and uh, look at their profile and send information. You can search, yeah, you can search for, um, for, for, uh, you know, let's say I want to move to Florida. I could type in real estate broker, Florida, and up will come all the flat earth real estate brokers in Florida. Well, that's awesome. Right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, that's, uh, it, it's, it, you know, honestly, I don't want to work with the globalist real estate broker. I want to work with somebody that's awake and aware of this world because they're probably going to tell me the truth on many things before I buy a house. So the app does all of this amazing stuff. The app is only $3 for those of you who don't know, one-time charge. But if you want to use the messaging and some of the higher functions, um, there's a subscription. It's $11 a year, $11 a year. Okay. Pretty good. I think it's a fair deal. And you could also get referral points and not have to pay for the subscription by telling other people about the app. So it does a ton of stuff, ton of stuff. Yeah. The app is yeah, the incredible. App is incredible. You, have you have spent a ton of time and has to be a ton of time <laughs> and money on this app. It's uh the monthly chart. People are, why shouldn't the truth be free? You know, uh, shouldn't you work for free? Shouldn't your job be for free? I don't know what's going on with my focus here. There we go. Um, and the answer is the, the app cost me, uh, I, I can't even tell you how much per month. It's many thousands per month. So, you know, if you get the app for $3, great. If you want to subscribe, but I appreciate that. Um, because in reality, if you just have the app um, after, you know, a not very long period of time, it actually costs me more than the $3. So it's the people that subscribe. And again, it's $11 a year. I'm not subscribing to an app, but then I'm out at a bar and I'll buy a round of shots of tequila for everybody. And that'll be $80. <laughs> okay. Tell us about the challenge you put out there on the bottom of the app. Yeah. Well, the, the, the challenge I have is um, if you think the earth is a globe and you think this is stupid, get the app. And every day there's a featured video right here. And that YouTube's hiding from you. I watch those videos every day for two weeks. At the end of the two weeks, if you think the earth is a globe, send me the proof. Send me the proof and you win three Bitcoins. That's like a hundred grand right now. But before wow. you do, before you waste my time, you got to click the, the question mark, which is the frequently asked questions and up come all the questions you're going to ask. What about seasons? You know, where, um, why, why would they lie? Right. If I click, why, why would they lie? Up comes. And that was the next videos. thing on my notes is why the lie. Yeah. The, the why the lie is the biggest one, but these videos, right here you won't find any of them on youtube they're all on youtube but you won't find them unless you know the exact name and channel name right these are the greatest videos i've watched every one of them a dozen times and if one of them turns on i can't turn it off again because there's so much good um good amazing content it uh it, it's fascinating so why the lie um if i put you in a box if you were born and i brian and you know you have a kid 
and you put them in a box and you never let them out of the box. And you're like, everything's good. You got everything you want in here, right? You don't need to, there's, there's nothing out there. There's nothing. That's pretty sad. Okay. We live in a box. You know, we have, what, how many continents are there? Seven? I used to be proud that I knew six, seven, eight, whatever there is. What if there was 8,000 continents? What if there was just more land that we're in, in our pond in the Southern Ocean? I think there's another continent out there they're not telling us about. I think there's lots of hidden stuff right here in our pond. Is there more stuff beyond Antarctica? Well, I'm a bird, sure thought so. Um, um, I think for me, the intriguing thing, the, the first time that this lie was really pushed heavily, if you go back and look at the timeline, and it may have come up before, but the one time that really sticks out to me was back in the 1500s, the Catholic Church, you know, we had the Reformation movement. And Martin Luther nailed his thesis to the door of the Catholic Church over there, and <clears throat> it started this break off of the Catholic Church, and they had to stop the bleed. And all of a sudden they go, look, um, it's a globe, there's other stars out there, planets, and they came up with this globe Earth that they hated for centuries, and now they started pushing it. Sort of right. a look at the shiny object. Yeah, it, the, the sole purpose of the globe is to hide God and hide and keep us locked in a prison because it's easier to have be in a prison if you don't know that you're in a prison rather than, you know, um, if people knew the deception, they would revolt and they don't want us revolting. So they give us our weekends, our weekend weekends, and they give us our sports team. So when the team wins, you have a victory. You feel great. My team won. It's not your team. Okay. It's literally bread and circus, you know, like the Romans did. Um, on the more resources page, tons of stuff, but we have biblical flat earth right here, right? 24-7 biblical, amazing stuff. If you're a Bible believer, Bible lover, or Bible hater, you need to watch all of these videos. They're fantastic, yes. right? And, uh, and they'll, they'll change the way you see the world, okay? But you won't find them on YouTube. It's amazing. You won't find them on YouTube. So tons and tons of stuff here. And then if you want to get you know, into it, we got all sorts of books. I believe Matt's book's in here uh, somewhere. Uh, there it is. Um, no, that's not it. Matt's book's in here if you, just, you look for it. I just ordered that and, yesterday, by the way. Yep. Um, and uh, so we got all sorts of books and uh, all sorts of different Flat Earth-related uh, products run by Flat Earthers. Just if you're looking for a little gift or something for yourself or anybody. And then this is one of my favorite pages, the homeschool page, Right. We have schooling globers. If you want to get into a topic really deep, that's amazing. This guy is called my lunch break. He goes, he finds these old buildings in everyone's town. And then he literally just finds out the story behind them. It's so ridiculous. It's such a made up world. We live in this guy. One of my favorites is called, um, uh, is Jake. He's i uh, I'm the improbable dreamer on Instagram. His little videos about what used to be here in the 1800s and before, will blow your mind. Everything you've been taught about our history is a lie. Everything, right? When you see building was founded in 1801 or in 1750, you know what founded means? It doesn't mean builded. It was founded. Do you build, did you found your house? No, you built your house. Okay. These right. buildings were found. They were here. Yeah. San Francisco was here before the whole wild West thing, right? The buildings were oh, here yeah. already. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So once you, once you start seeing that, um, the world opens up. Here's some good news for people. Okay. And guess what? I've been saying this for years and I was just at the flat earth conference in uh, Vegas, uh, flat and I had several families come up to me. They said they took my advice 
and it's the greatest thing ever. I said, do not send your kid to college. Okay. You can send your kid to, you know, hey, he wants to become a plumber, send him to plumbing school, get him a job with a plumber, whatever. He wants to do this, wants to do that. focus on what the kid wants to do. Focus on something that inspires the kid. And I say, don't send your kid to college, send them to Crow University. Are you familiar with the Crow podcast? No. Crow, C R R, two R's, C R R O W 777 radio.com. It's right here. It's $8 a month. He puts out two new podcasts every week. There's over, I think there's 500 shows right now. So this is college. Get your kid. And by the way, college is a social experiment, a social experience. Get a couple of kids, rent them a house like in Cape Hatteras or somewhere cool, right? And so that's not going to cost you as much as college. And right. um, they, can get a, they can get a job. And they also, here's their work. Every day they need to listen to one Crow episode. That's it. Two hours. They can do it while they're kite surfing, bike riding, gardening, laying in bed, working out, whatever it is, they can listen. And that's, they listen to two new ones every week and then three old ones. And I swear to God, at the end of one month, that kid is going to be more equipped for this world on so many levels from health to understanding taxes and everything else um, that that kid is a hireable kid. That kid is someone that's going to ma manage the matrix that we're in right? Way better than college. College is just basically indoctrinating you further than the, than sure. the high school and everything else. And it's only $8 a month. He does not offer financing. So you're going to have to pony up the $8 a month. <laughs> okay. So you, your kid's not going to be in debt. And then if you saved up some money for college, okay. Um, invest in a house or something for the kid, yeah. invest in something rather than yeah. just waste it on college. Now, Here's something, this is something I thought of the other day and I've never said it before and I'm gonna say it now. The whole thing is about depopulation. Wars are about depopulation. The, the, you know, the, the boogeyman virus that's going around is about depopulation. Um, all of this stuff is about keeping our numbers down because if our numbers get too big, I think in the 1800s there was 100 billion people on earth if I had to give it a number, okay? I think the numbers are, are huge. Well, that can't be. The, there's so much space here, it's ridiculous, okay? But if our numbers get bigger, I think we have a collective consciousness and we become too powerful and, uh, and the elite don't want that. So they keep the population down. And here's a way to keep the population down. How many kids do you have? Do you have any kids? Two. You have two. How come you have more? Um, that's where we decided to stop. Why? Because that's what we could handle. Well, what do you mean handle? Financially? We could financially. Yeah. So, um, so financially is the number one reason why people don't have more kids or any mm -hmm. kids because they're worried about college. Oh yeah. Now if you lived in a world where you didn't have to send kids to college. Would you maybe have had more kids? Possibly it would have definitely possibly. factored in. Look, look at Matt. He's got seven working on twins right now. Possibly he wants 10. You know why? Cause he doesn't have to send 10 kids, to, 10, 10 kids to college. What is that? A half a like a million dollars or whatever. It's ridiculous. So $2 million. So college is indoctrination further, putting you in debt and scaring people out of having children, right? It's a, it's All a million the, dollars and you end up working at McDonald's when you come out. And, right, and, and you have no skill sets. Uh, all of the richest, and when I say richest, um, I mean people that have the most lucrative financial jobs, you know, except people that are like Wall Street, you know, and this and that, and you learn your, 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 um, your skill there. They all didn't go to college. 
right? I have a buddy in high school. I was like, hey, where are you going to college? He's like, oh, I'm not. I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to build houses. He's doing amazing, right? The other buddy is like, oh, I'm going to be a plumber, right? He's retired, right? And he's got a huge boat and it's amazing, right? All of these people that didn't go to college, Steve Jobs, I don't think he went to college, right? All, all of the greatest successes in the world, college had nothing to do other than hold them back, okay? So if you're of that childbearing age you know, or, or your kids are going through elementary, public school, high school, do not send them to college. Do something, find their passion, send them in that direction, okay? Give them the social experiment, the, the social experience, right? Like if you had five yeah. or 10 families, you get 10 kids, you get a big house, right? What's that going to cost you a year? I mean, max 10 grand, right? That's a lot. You could do it for way less, way less, right? And, um, and, and then that, that kid is going to thrive and be amazing. So literally the best research audio only. So you can just pop in an earbud and go for a bike ride, work out in the gym, right? It's two hours once a day. And at the end of the week, maybe the kids talk about, Hey, you know, Hey, this was my favorite. This is my favorite. Oh, you like that? Then branch off in this direction and do that thing. Okay. Right. College. The threat of needing to go to college is the biggest depopulation thing ever. I believe about that. that. Yeah. I believe that. I would, have had more kids. I would have had more kids. 100%. And if we want to back up a little bit and talk about, even if we got somebody in government that said, you know what, I'm going to put the truth out there. I'm going to say, I don't believe our government or the governments across the world could ever come out and tell us at this point. Because we have blown so much taxpayer money from just in NASA alone, 1958 till now. $80 million dollars a day. $80 they could million never tell us the dollars truth. a day. Right. We wouldn't stand for it. We would overrun the government if they did that. Brian, here's, here's the thing. People are like, what are you going to do? Overtake the government? Nope. We're going to create our new, we're going to create, create new a new system. And the old system, we don't have to overthrow it. It's just going to fade away. Right. Correct. We don't need to violently take over. We need to create Correct. a new system. That's it. Yep. It's that simple. Right. And just free energy. Make it go free away. Yeah. Free energy is out there. Everything. Right. You know, cryptocurrency. We need to we need to get off their map, get off the globe, get off their fake fiat currency, have our right. own currency. You know, currency it, trading is the best. But, you know, like you, you, you need a you need a, a, a unit of exchange and. Cryptocurrency, the right one, like a private one that can't be changed, can't be inflated, um, is amazing, right? And and it's instant. Like I can send money to somebody anywhere in the world in ten seconds, and nobody knows about it, and there's no one to stop me. I could do it twenty four seven, and uh, it, it's amazing, right? Are so, you, good. Are you finding it easier to spend cryptocurrency now? Oh, absolutely. More and more and more. Like the, the people that do my uh, the, my web hosting and, and stuff, they only accept cryptocurrency. I'm speaking at Anarchapoco in February um, in Acapulco. They, they are, they're paying my expenses in crypto. Um, it, it, everything is, is there's so many, there's so much more. So again, every, you need to start adopting it. But if you have crypto and you need to convert it to fiat, convert it to fiat and then spend it. But the, the whole idea of crypto is not to have to convert it to fiat, right? It's to have people relying on the value of crypto. But now that they're, you know, they're printing more and more dollars, your dollars just diminishing in value. Crypto, yeah. something like Bitcoin, right? Just because everybody knows Bitcoin, you can't make more Bitcoins, okay? So you can't deflate it. 
you can't deflate right. it. But there's better there's better ones out there than than Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is the you know the daddy of them all. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. So there's my pitch. Anybody uh, that wants to find uh, me, my information, my app, flatearthdave.com. Very easy. Nothing else to remember. All my channels there. My interview channels are there on the app. Um, if you go to um, the web button right here, are this is uh, all my videos. So when I when I I'll this is not on YouTube, right? Will it will be on YouTube. Be. Okay, perfect. So when you send me a link to YouTube, it'll show up right here. Um, all my interviews are there. So if you're looking for more content like that, there's all sorts of stuff um, that that's that the app will do for you. And uh, it's it's interesting. You know, the word boredom doesn't exist anymore for flat you're earthers. Right. You're never ever ever bored. Like if you gave me 50 hours a day, okay. I, I would run out of time. I run out of time. I, I have to listen to things at 2x speed because there's so much I want to listen to. I'm getting there myself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I realize it. Um, I will end with this note. Um, you can find us on prophecyviews.com and uh, you can find all of our content there and it'll, it will send you to our platforms that have our content. Fantastic. I don't have a fancy little thing at the bottom. It'll, it'll be edited in later. Okay. Very good. Thanks so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Love uh, talking with Matt also. So, you know, Matt and I did a podcast called, um, called the Flat Earth Podcast. And we still do it. We just haven't done an episode in two years. Um, and Matt came from the biblical side and I came from the actual science side. And it was a great mix. And, uh, and together, you know, like if you want to teach somebody a flat earth that thinks religion is uh, you know, thinks the Bible is nonsense. You can't use Bible quotes, right? Because I was that guy, right? I'd be yeah. listening to a podcast like this is great information, and then uh, they'd mention the Bible. I'm like, oh, a bunch of religious freaks, and I would delete everything. I just like, all right, throw out those notes, okay? Because that's who I was. But now I understand there is something to all of this, right? So I lead with the science. Matt follows it up with the biblical confirmation of it, and together there's no escape. How did you two come across each other? We, uh, I was doing a podcast, uh, the, the, the Flat Earth podcast with a guy who calls himself Curious Jay. And uh, Curious Jay is actually uh, an actor in Hollywood. And uh, he's on a primetime uh, television show that's still on the air. And he got a big contract. And then in his contract, it said, uh, you can't do any other things. So um, we were at a Flat Earth conference together and I met Matt. And I uh, and we became good friends. And then he replaced Curious Jay. And we've been doing we did that for a long time. We had a great time. Real quick, I'll tell you kind of my story on coming to Flat Earth. I just moved down to Texas, real close to where Matt's at in the Fort Worth area. And uh, that church is friends with is real closely re in relation to a guy that does um, creation seminar. His name is Steve Groman. He's been traveling for 20 plus years, simply doing creation seminar. And he's very comfortable at our at the home church that I had in Texas. And he does like four, four nights of creation seminar. And on night number one, he opened it up for discussion afterwards. And one of the, one of the kids there asked him, is the earth flat or a globe? And he goes, that's a deep topic. Remind me tomorrow, ask me the very first thing and we'll cover it. 
well, so I had 24 hours to sit there and go, oh, this is a bunch of nonsense, you know. Well, yeah. he spent an hour and a half that next night. And he told us when he opened it up, he's like, we're not allowed to be online. Um, I have never shown this slide clip that I put together. I've never shown it. You're the first audience that's seen it. And he just debunked everything you could think of to object for Flat Earth. And I, I walked in totally denying Flat Earth, walked out 90% sure it was flat and have done nothing. But I'm 120% now. We all we all have the same story there. Are you same familiar story. with uh, Pastor Dean Odell? I've heard the name. Um, Pastor Dean Odell, yeah, he's a he's a great flat earther and um, and biblical um, you know preacher. And uh, then, are you familiar with Greg Locke with his super mega church, the Global? Um, I forget what it's called. Are you familiar familiar with him? I'm not. So he's got one of the mega churches, and um, people have been in his and his you know ma massive uh following have been telling about flat earth and he last week went off on a crazy rant about how dumb flat earth is and then people kept coming at him and so he has challenged dean odell to a uh a live streaming to his multi-millions of followers and uh for as long as it takes and um you know um and they're said i think it's going to happen the saturday after thanksgiving and so matt hopefully is going to be there I was invited. I may or may not be there. And then we have uh, another guy, Austin Witsit, who's uh, amazing. Um, he's a strong Christian and an amazing uh, mind when it comes to the science and the history of flat Earth. And they're going to they're going to go up. This is going to be the biggest thing in flat Earth in a very very long time. So that's going to be very exciting coming up. Um, and uh, the other thing, the last it's 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 they they're trying to work out the date right now. It might be the Saturday after Thanksgiving. The Saturday after Thanksgiving. So that's going to be uh, a crazy thing. And you'll you'll hear about it. And uh, the app actually will warn you when it's coming. It's going to be okay. I can do a big pop up on the app. So let it make everyone make sure everybody knows. And anybody that wants to go to that, they're looking to get as many flat earthers onto the home field because it's going to be filled with non flat earthers. So we're trying to get people to go to Kentucky. So. I think that's it. Either we uh, we done. I'll make a final statement: is uh, there's two types of people: those who think we live on a giant ball, and those who think. I will agree with that, and with that, Dave, I appreciate your time. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to uh, conversing with you in the future. All right, Brian. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the conversation. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.